Hey everyone, welcome to Private Club Radio. Welcome to part three of our chat with Tom Wallace. Decided to break it up into little smaller chunks. And we're wrapping this little three-parter up about the key strategies for achieving excellence in the private club world. You know, I ask, what are some of the essential skills for people trying to get and take their first management position? Tom has a wonderful story. There's a whole episode uh, earlier on him that that we did where we share his story of uh, how he came up through the club world from, from a shoe shine. We, we talk about that there. But um, I want to do more episodes and more things on, you know, the the progression of moving up in not just the industry, but from position to position, like what's it like going from, you know, let's just say a server to bartender to, you know, food and beverage manager to just different management. How do, what's that whole progression feel like? So we just talk about confidence, effective communication, a love for hospitality. And there's, and there's a strong importance of mentorship and patience, you know, required just really going from any level to the next level, but especially in the beginning, how difficult uh, patience can be. Um, amen. <laughs> I'd say to summarize, summarize it all up, empowerment, ownership. All right, Tom, T-dubs, let's wrap this up. What are some uh, essential skills um, for someone looking to kind of get their first position uh, first management, well, a first position in a club, but I think more more importantly, uh, someone who's working in a club and trying to get their first management position. So, so uh, you know, if someone's in a club, because you've you've gone from shoe shine up, I don't even know how many clubs still have shoe shines anymore. But um, you know, how what are some skills? How can people who are in the club world kind of start looking and aiming towards a management position like what are some of those steps how does that work or uh, yeah work i think for you? you know obviously well you know i think faith in yourself you've got to be self assured because the industry is you're you're surrounded by brilliant members uh with high expectations you're surrounded by as a younger person getting in the industry you have uh more tenured mature uh, employees that uh, will tell you immediately when you're doing something wrong. So you ha- you have to have that faith in yourself. You have to have gr- be a great communicator. It doesn't mean that you're you don't have to. You can be an introvert. It's, it's harder. You're going to use a lot more uh, energy being an extrovert because at some point you have to be an extrovert if you're going to be in the club space. But you have to be a great communicator one way or the other. You, you know you you could you have to be able to communicate what you're thinking how how you're seeing things. You have to be able to take in information, figure out what you needed to grab onto and what you could let go. Uh, you have to be able to survive in a feedback-rich environment. You're going to get feedback. If feedback makes you want to hide, you're toast. You've got, if feedback makes you go, I'm going to remember you said that, and I'm going to show you that, that, you know, I'm going to show you that if that jazzes you up, if it's rocket fuel for you, you're going to love it and you're going to do really well. But if feedback makes you want to hide, you could survive that. But I don't think you're ever going to thrive as a manager if you don't love that. You got to have passion. You don't have to have passion for necessarily food or golf or 
aquatics or yachting, but you have to have passion for hospitality, for taking care of people, for uh, making, you know, say it differently for the next generation, building a really exclusive experience for other people to enjoy is really what you do. But you do have to be passionate about whatever you're doing, shining shoes. Like it's funny. I still, whenever I go back to country, I go in the shine room and I'm just filled with, there are just, there are three or four gentlemen in there that were all in their seventies and eighties that just took me under their wing, told me about how I should date, how, what I do, what to do on a date, how to be a gentleman, how to shine shoes, you know, who the members were that they needed to avoid out there so that I didn't get ripped in pieces. And they were just great people. And they, they taught me a passion for people, but uh, you've got to enjoy being around people and learning from people. My passion, I think for the industry was just people. I was passionate about being around people. I had five sisters growing up, a big family, but I was the only boy. So then I went from that environment. Then I had wrestling, which was all my, you know, all boys. Then I went into a the locker room. It was all guys. And uh, my dad worked all the time, loved him to death. He was my absolute mentor and rock star in my life. But I didn't have that day in, day out interaction with boys. And it really helped me that locker room experience. And then I got on, I, I had a female general manager at, at country and she took me under her wing and really showed me so many things. So it's just people, passion, you know, you, and you have to be patient. So you have to have passion, but you have to be patient. I, I remember every time a general, I had five general managers at country and every time the manager left, I would be like, I think I'm ready. And they're like, you're the assistant manager in the locker room. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm ready. <laughs> I'm pretty, you know, <laughs> and they're like, no. And then, you know, I was the banquet manager. Then I was the assistant manager. And, you know, by the time I was the AGM and was ready, they were like, uh, I know you're ready. Like, they're like, we already know. Like, but I, I always wanted more. And I, Sam Lindsley always said, you know, one of the things about the restaurant business, he, he ran Michael Simon Restaurant Group and he works with us now. He said, it's the band of misfit toys. He said, clubs and restaurants and hotels, you can come in without an education, without knowing anything about food, shoe shining, golf courses, pro shops, and you could make a life, a great life for yourself if you're passionate, you know, and a good communicator. And you, you have to want to succeed too. I mean, because at the end of the day, it does, if you're going to, if it's, you're going to be putting in long hours and working hard, you really, you have to want to succeed and be able to see that success at the end of the tunnel. I didn't look to my managers. Like I said, I had five in my 14 years at country. The last two set my trajectory for my career. The first three taught me things, both what not to do <laughs> and what to do. Uh, but I wasn't always looking at them saying, I want to be them, but I was just saying, I want to be more than I am right now. And I think that the club and hospitality industry allows you to start somewhere and then continue to build on yourselves. And people, again, members and staff are always giving you a hand up and, and making sure. And a lot, I remember a lot of old, older employees really got a kick out of seeing me grow and, you know, watching me go from shoe shining to general manager. They're like, I, there is employees that saw it were there the whole time. They're like, it's amazing. What an amazing story. They're like, we never thought you were going to make it out of the shine room. You, you didn't, you know, you were, you were quiet. You didn't know how to dress. 
He had really weird hair, you know. PW and the yeah, Shoeshine it, it, Gang. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, yeah, you. So you, you've got to be. You've got to have that faith in yourself. That you've got to have passion. You've got to have patience. You've got to have the want to succeed, and you've got to be a great communicator. I think, as far as skills, the, another brilliant part about our industry is the CMAA, and I, I don't want to not mention that throughout my career while I was building within the club, I was building myself outside of the club through this Club Managers Association of America. Even that, like Dick Copland came to speak and didn't remember me at all, but he came and, you know, I had CMA allowed me to go to other clubs, go to other facilities, learn from the best and the brightest in the industry. They would bring them into Cleveland from, at the time, Dick, I would think lived in Palm Springs. And I, I would be remiss to say, the the people in my life at the clubs, my family, and then the third part of my that triangle for me would be CMAA. I learned every skill that you need. It's funny we we do a survey every time we do searches. What are the key things, areas of knowledge that you want your new manager to have? And they're completely perfectly aligned with what is taught from the CMAA at all their BMIs. How in order to be, get your certification, your CCM certification. You're learning all the skills that boards are asking for right now. And it's evolved. You know, the, the CMAA has, you know, continued to just offer incredible education. Jeff Morgan, Jason Koningsfeld, everything they teach, you need to know. I mean, there's a lot of skills and attributes, but you need to be good at management, accounting, food and beverage, HR, marketing. You need to understand building and maintenance. I mean, I was at a club the other day that is a 130,000 square foot clubhouse. I was like, geez. And I met the maintenance person and I go, how big of a team do you have? And he had five people. And I was like, yeah, I would imagine it takes five people to keep. He goes, well, this is 150,000 square feet, but we also have uh, another 80,000 in eight different buildings around the property that we keep up with. You know, uh, governance is huge. CMAA does a brilliant job with governance. You need to understand how to work with a board, how to work with brilliant board members and brilliant committee members that are well-meaning, but also are so smart. Sometimes it's hard to get them out of the, you know, get them out of the weeds. And the other challenge with governance, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but they love their club. They love their club. So because of that, they they don't want to see anything like they, they're like helicopter parents. They They might love their manager, but they don't want their manager to make a misstep. So they're always trying to help. And it's like, I got it. You've got to, you know, one thing we preach is you've got to let your professionals, their paid staff do their jobs. But governance is one of those areas that I would not know what governance was, nor would I be able to manage committees and boards without the CMAA and the the education they gave me. A lot of that through Dick Coplin and and Kurt later in my, my life. Obviously, all the sports educations that you need, spa, fitness, golf, um, tennis, uh, paddle, paddle, pickle, all those things. They teach you about all that stuff. Wellness. I remember putting in a fitness room at country and the members were just super upset. Like what? That's a waste of time. This isn't, you know, this isn't uh, we had a place called Bally's, which was kind of, it was like Scandinavian LA fitness and then Bally's and members were like, if you want to work out, you can go down the street. And now Fitness is one of the biggest parts of our industry now. So all that stuff, information technology, data, I, I think of, you know, I really think of uh, 
club benchmarking and just the education that they've given the industry analytics. I always thought it was cool. I did some externing work uh, at the Ritz and they knew everything. They had data, numbers. I was like, wow, that's, we don't have any of this in the clubs. And now again, this is the early nineties. I'm like, I, I, they know how many member, how many people came in, how many people ate today, what they liked, what they didn't like. I'm like, oh, we get feedback, but we don't do anything with it, you know. And that was one of the things I always say is, if in the club business, I tried to preach, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Because coming up in the club industry, I'd say, do we have a training manual? No, but you know, Billy and Susie, they've been training the waiters for years. I said, but we don't have a training manual, like an actual paper manual. They're like, no, we don't need one. I'm like. What happens if Billy gets hit by a bus? You know, and, you know. So one of the things, process procedures. Uh, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. That's that's something I always preach to young managers. Remember that building process and procedure, and writing things down, and building structure uh, is. You know, we a lot of our work in the club business is in a gray space. You find you have to be flexible for your members. You have to be flexible for your staff. But you have to have structure. If you have, if you live in the gray space and there's no structure around it, then you're just living in a gray space, and eventually that will fail. But if you have structure, that things that you just won't allow to happen, or you know, you can you can let them paint a little bit outside the lines, but that's it. So that's really important. But everything I learned from CMA in order to get to my CCM designation, those are all things that, as a young manager, you have to have that knowledge, and. So there's kind of internal things you need to have. There's education you need to have. And then the most important thing, if you're an assistant manager, you need to get the experiences that will allow you to become a general manager. The number one thing that happens when we get people in these rooms is the first question is, you're, okay, you've been an AGM for five years at a great club. How many budgets have you run? And then they say, well, I don't run the budget. The GM runs the budget, but I, I do, you know, two pieces of it. I do the, the restaurant budget and this budget or this and that. And that, and right away you come down a rung. And uh, how many board meetings do you sit in on? Oh, I don't sit in on any board meetings, but I sit in on uh, the house committee meeting or the grounds committee meeting. Those are all valuable experiences, but you have to do the, you have to have the number one experiences. You have to have run a capital project. You have to have hired and fired people. You have to have um, dealt with a budget from start to finish and then dealing with things when there's blips in the financially in the year and how you fixed it. You have to have things in your heart that just make you who you are. You have to have education. And then you have to have a manager that's going to allow you those experiences. That's the number one thing I tell folks is, if you don't have a general manager that is allowing you those experiences, then you need to go ask someone to mentor you outside of that club. I don't tell you, I don't tell someone to leave a manager that's not mentoring them. I don't think that's my place. I would say don't go work for a manager though. If you're undecided or a free agent, don't go work for a manager that's not going to mentor you and doesn't have a reputation for mentoring you. Because if you if you go somewhere where you're going to be, you know, one of the great things the CMAA is doing, and this is something I was passionate about for years, Mark Beto and I were on a committee years ago, is we want interns in the industry to go to work for uh, the CMAA is now certifying clubs as a place where college uh, interns can come and work. And I think part of the requirements, and I'm not totally up to speed on it, is 
we only want them to go to clubs that are going to teach them a lot of different things, not just say, okay, you're going to be a waiter for four months. Thanks. That's not preparing them to be a great manager and it's not preparing them to love the club industry. But if they are interning with you, you have a responsibility to the industry to make it an awesome experience, to make sure they're overwhelmed with knowledge and and hopefully that they've had some fun so they want to come back the next year when they've graduated and maybe get into the industry. But for years, I think, you know, we did a bad job of that. And but it's it's at every level. It's the golf. The golf professional has to make sure that their interns are having a great experience in building and learning, not just folding shirts, not just. Uh, you know, picking up buckets of balls. It's everywhere. Tyler Bloom, who's a good friend of KKNW, used to work with me at Oakmont. He's he's in the high schools with what he, you know, he's teaching people about how cool a future in agronomy, you know, working as a, a superintendent or working towards being a superintendent. And he says, it's amazing how many people just don't know what agronomy is. He goes, but once, if you go to a place where people want to be outside, certain communities, you're probably not going to go into the heart of a city and say, do you you ever dream about working outside? And they're like, no, (laughs) no, I don't. That sounds awful. Uh, Yeah. I have, I I have, I have uh, bad sinuses, but if you go to the right schools, the right programs, and you sell it the right way, Tyler's had a lot of success with getting young high school people to get jobs and then they turn in, then in turn, they're getting help with their hopefully schooling, college schooling uh, from the club. And then they turn into you're, you're building your own workforce, basically. And he's he's been on the forefront of that, which I think is incredible. And he's got some cool programs. But, yeah, I, I'm going I'm all over the place. But those are the things I think experience. You have to have the experience. You have to have the, some intestinal fortitude and want to succeed the ability to have feedback, and then lean into the CMAA. There's so much good education at the CMAA. I went to school for hospitality, but I would say I kind of, I got much more of an education doing it and much more of an education participating with my peers and networking and going to educations uh, through CMAA. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm just noticed in the picture that I'm wearing my teed up, you know, I'm on the board for teed up for the troops. It's the, the, it's the charity that KKNW works most closely with and, and uh, we've been involved with since the very beginning. Dick was involved with the at the very beginning. And it's really a, a charity for wounded veterans um, to, to help them. But uh, the big part of what they do is golf. They use golf outings and golf centric things to bring in money to help these folks. And uh, that that those kind of things are happening at clubs. You know, there's so many cool things happening at clubs. You know, Matt, I think of uh, Matt Lambert down uh, at Marisol and he's done, does an event every year and it's unbelievable. You have a bunch of wounded veterans and they're, they're there and they're talking and they're sharing their stories and they're out there with prosthetics golfing with members and members are donating money and the employees are touched. And it's just one of those things that, and they do that all over the country, but it's just one example of things. I'm sure the restaurant business and hotel business does these types of things, but I think the club business allows you to be a lot closer to those types of things that, that, and I think that's, that's important to young people coming out of school. Again, they want to be a part of something bigger. They want to be a part of something exclusive and exclusive doesn't always mean it's for them. It could mean that they're, 
your organization is building homes for Habitat for Humanity. I know one of the things uh, that Carmen does, they donated money and their staff has built uh, homes for Habitat for Humanity. The staff did it. It wasn't a member thing. It was a staff thing. Uh, and Shirlene Industrious, who's the HR person there, and Carmen pushed that along. I know Gray Oaks did that um, we, they had a bike. They have a bike drive at uh, where a lot of the employees don't walk, have to walk to work. So the the employees have a bike drive to give every employee at least a bicycle and a helmet, so that they at least have a bike to ride to work and get, and get back and forth. I mean, there's a lot of cool yeah. things like that that go on underneath the members, you know, because you, by nature you should have a pretty caring group in hospitality, but they also. I think when you're around philanthropic people, you start thinking about um, how how to be philanthropic yourself. And it clubs that have employees that are that understand that there's people that are less fortunate than them, and they want to help. I mean, you got to imagine that culture is pretty good there, and that team's pretty fun to be around and fun to work yeah. with. Well, T T Dubs T Dubs, Mr. Wallace, thanks for being here. You can call me. That's actually funny. That's a, a lot of a lot of my old uh, employees, teammates called me T Dubs. That's funny. Really, and, and Keebler calls me T W out of the blue. Uh, so that that's fine. Uh, t, some version of that is frequent. There you have it. It could have been one hour long episode, but I switched it up. I made it shorter for us all. Uh, hope you all enjoyed that. Thanks, T Dubs. Thanks, Tom. I love chatting with him and learning more about him and his story and um, all his experiences have all come full uh, circle. So it's just great to learn and chat with him. We'll be more of that this year as if you haven't can tell already coming out with new content every single day for us. If you haven't done so yet uh, connect with us over on LinkedIn, we're very active uh, Tom Wallace as well. T dubs don't put in T dubs on LinkedIn. You're just going to get, I don't, I, I don't know what's going to come up. <laughs> It'd be really funny if Tom Wallace did show up. You type in T Dubs. <laughs> but uh connect with us on the socials. Tom is also very active on Instagram as well. So um hope you all enjoyed the episode, enjoyed the content. As always, any support you can give means the absolute world. Head on over to privateclubradio.com, sign up for our newsletter. You don't miss out on any of the amazing new content we are putting out daily. Until next time, catch on the flippity flip.